face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Ahoy, hoy. And we're here to talk about the... We're still on the Dominion War. Homefront Paradise Lost, another big two-parter. Uh, but before we do that, we, Dr. Squee, we've got some news for Squeefest. We might have a little announcement for Squeefest 4, which is, of course, happening on the 10th and 11th of September, 2 p.m. till 2 p.m. Please give now uh, to Shelter, which we're running it for. Uh, uh, Justgiving.com slash Shelter Squee, S-L-H-E-L-T-E-R-S-Q-U-E-E. So announcement, you say? Um, yeah, uh, I've got a Trek guest, which it just seems appropriate to uh, put that here, and is of course Trek news. So, uh, in the wee hours of the night UK time, so uh, some of you might choose to watch this back during the day, but if you fancy staying up for it, uh, we've got Michael Moore. He is the props expert from Trek, who um, you know he worked on from I believe it's from Next Generation through to Voyager, and he's worked on a whole host of other amazing projects, which I'm now going to forget all of, but if you look up him, him up on IMDb, he's done props for like all the great films that you've loved over the last God knows how many years, so uh, there's that one, and I, I, I can't say anything too much at the moment, but I'm kind of working on a second possible Trek guest, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. But the other thing which I was going to announce just while we're here, StreamYard, the wonderful people who were streaming through at this moment have kindly given us a free upgrade for Squeefest so we can keep on broadcasting throughout the t whole 24 hours and no extra cost to us. So it means that no money is kind of going towards anyone else for this day other than the charity, which is really fantastic of them. So please, if you're looking for a simple and fantastic way to stream out, it takes no learning involved and it's really great. And you can go up to um, all your social medias on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Twitch, um, Instagram, you know, uh, YouTube, wherever you want to. Jim, yeah. I believe you're going to take it away with the other part of the announcement, which we got. I am indeed, yeah. So as um, anybody who's listening knows, we're going to be appearing at Squeefest. And we, we've we decided on what we're going to cover. So rather than throw out a Dominion War one or doing whatever the latest episode is or whatnot, we're going to have a special one-off episode. And... It's something we've been wanting to look at for a while, and it, it's Star Trek adjacent. I think, I think oh, Star Trek porn parody. Yeah, I think everybody agrees that it counts as Star Trek, even though it's not strictly. So we're covering the classic sci-fi movie Galaxy Quest. Which oh, damn, all... from that description, I was hoping it was the Star Trek porn parody. But okay, fine, we'll do Galaxy Quest. That <laughs> in your own time, as usual. But um, yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk Galaxy Quest, which we're really looking forward to doing. So um, that's going to be a load of fun. And that's at 8 p.m., I believe, on the Saturday. You'd think I'd know that. But, uh, yeah, sounds right. Sorry, I, I've been I've been looking at the schedule all day today. And it's just become numbers and, and words. So, um, which, which you'd think it was. But, you know, just disassociated numbers and words at this stage. Possibly at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I, I think it's 8 o'clock. That sounds right. <laughs> Either way, we'll be there at some point talking about it. So, yeah, keep an eye on all our socials and everything about that, and we'll look forward to talking about Galaxy Quest. But before we get there, then, this is going to be probably our last Dominion War installment for a while because we've got Lower Decks coming back at the end of this week, and Ooh. that tends to send us down all sorts of rabbit, rabbit holes. holes. <laughs> <laughs> You never know, we might find our way back to the Dominion War, especially since they're going to Deep Space Nine next season. But <clears throat> the good thing about this is that we get to finish this on a big two-parter. So let's talk home from Paradise I, Lost. I just can't believe we managed to get through, through, what was it, three whole weeks of no new Star Trek? Like, yeah. geez, I'm, I'm starting to Jones now. They've got me used to it. I'm sorry. Absolutely. It's just not good enough, is it, in this day and age? But... <laughs> We got to look at some classic Star Trek. So, yeah, mid-season four, Homefront, Paradise Lost. What I love about this one, and I, I talked about this a bit when we were talking about Way of the Warrior, is that 
they had this edict from the studio, like you must bring in the Klingons and you must make the focus of the show the Klingons. And the writers did that, and they did that fantastic way of the warrior. They introduced Worf, but they were clearly like, yeah, we're not abandoning the story we were telling. And this episode is absolute proof of that. I think I may be wrong in this, but um, I think there was a thing at the time that they'd said if they hadn't of been asked to do Way of the Warrior and bring in the Klingons, this might have been the season premiere or it might have been the end of season three, the start of season oh, four. To be fair, so, in a lot of other shows, this would be a season finale in uh, season premiere. Yeah, yeah it could be. And you've also, got look at the fact, <laughs> you've also got to look at the fact that even though they were forced to include the Klingons in such a high-profile way, man, the way they integrated it into the story they were already telling is just superb. Yeah. Like the Klingon ingredient, I think, you know, I'm sure it would have been fantastic without, but it is so good with, you know, it definitely does elevate. It does, yeah. But, I mean, I think this episode, barring the appearance of Worf, they, this could have worked without the Klingon side. You know, this, this, is... yeah, this could quite easily have worked with Kiru as cap captain in... Yeah, it could yeah. but it doesn't matter because we get Worf and Worf's cool, but we still get to tell our DS9 Dominion story. So, yeah, it's a win-win thing, really, season four. And we start off then, the wormholes being all erratic. And I like that they always tie it into the Bajoran religion. They're like, oh, you know, this might be, this might mean something. This could be... Yeah, it's a message from the prophets. Well, it was quite funny because I just watched the episode uh, recently where Cisco kind of uh, gets the jolt uh, of electricity and starts seeing visions from the prophets and mm -hmm. goes so heavily into it. It was quite funny because in this, the beginning of this episode, he's kind of joking about it. He's going, well, if the, if the prophets are doing it, they didn't tell me. Yeah. Which That's is quite, Yeah, it's quite funny. Within the series, he gets from this yeah. person who's kind of joking about it to someone who's so embedded in it. And, I, yeah. and it seems like such a natural journey as well. Yeah, we're not far from where it starts to change for Cisco. Like, at this point, he's still... Like, we had a bit of it last week, didn't we, in Starship Down, where he's like, yeah, I don't really want to be the emissary, and I'm not very comfortable with it. But we do get that turning point in that episode, I think, that you're talking about there. Yeah. As well as a changeling performing brain surgery on the captain. But, you know, never mind. Of course. Um, and Dax is mucking about with Odo's furniture. I always thought this was a bit odd. Like, I know Odo and Dax get on, but all of a sudden it seemed, uh, really? Dax pranks Odo, does she, for fun? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it does seem like very out of order, considering <laughs> he's a changeling and these apparatus are used for him to change in and out of, and it, it seems quite quite important to him. For a jape, it seems a bit culturally <laughs> insensitive, to be, to be frank. I yeah. think it's quite a clever uh, trip to play in because Shorty moves things a small amount and it's sort of like mm. she's trying to get away with moving something without this great security officer noticing that she's moved. Oh, oh, you say this, but this is about the 20th time she's done it, they say in dialogue. Yeah. And yeah, also there's the fact time. that I say it's equivalent to moving a blind person's room around. They are reliant on things being yeah. where they expect them to be. If you're a changeling and your goo goes flying through the air to land on something which isn't there... Yeah. Hello. It's just reminding me, we used to move um, a mate of mine's furniture around. Like every time we were in his house, and if he went to Lou or he went into a different room, we'd rearrange his living room and we'd, we'd mirror it. So we'd just take everything and put it in the opposite side to what it was before. <laughs> and we got so good at it that, like, literally, if he went for a pee, we could have it done and he'd get back and be like, oh, no, you've done it again. Um, anyway. There we go. So the the bomb the bomb goes off at the conference on Earth. And this is the big thing, and this makes us think the change. Well, the changelings are on Earth. We see that there's a, a changeling there, and we get confirmation that the, regardless of all the shenanigans that are going on in the episode, there are actually changelings on Earth. This is interesting, actually, because the conference is between the Federation and the Romulans. Mm. And then it takes Cisco in a pale moonlight to bring the Romulans in later. The, True, you know, yeah. And it makes you wonder if, like, the whole, everything that goes on in this story or this episode, if actually the what the changelings wanted to do 
was to disrupt the Federation and Romulans forming some sort of treaty. Oh, yeah. And it's done in the first couple of minutes of the episode and not mentioned yeah. the game. Yeah, that's like very good. I think there's a couple of bits of foreshadowing in this episode, which I'll get to as they crop up. But one thing which I did think, though, when you see the changeling just start to morph before the big explosion, how does the changeling get out of there? Or do they just sacrifice themselves? No. Well, I think the question becomes, was there really a changeling there? Oh, do you think the changelings faked it? I don't, oh, that's I don't know. I mean, did, did Starfleet stage this? I mean, probably not. You'd hope not. Yeah. But as Slayton altered the um, the footage to make it look like a change. Yeah, but I love but, that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, if, oh, indeed, <laughs> if indeed there was a changeling there, yes, I I would agree. How I, did it? Because like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm thinking like, that the changelings have caused this explosion, but I can't see the changeling actually being in the middle of the room at the time. No. Yeah, that's my thinking. So, so I think you can probably go, yeah, the changelings have done this, mm. but then Starfleet or Leighton has had the footage doctored yeah. to make it look like you know the changelings what, there. I'm going to go with James on this one because I think Leighton proved himself to be someone who was quite happy to sacrifice people for what he saw as a greater good. I think he's – I love that explanation. I, I, I wonder – I hope the writers thought that thought of that. I think maybe you meant to have a bit of ambiguity and once mm. you know what you know by the end, you maybe question it. But, yeah, if, if we take it all at face value and there was a change... I think, there, think, I think you have to look at it that Leighton had actually want a treaty with the Romulans to bring them in on his side. True. You know, yeah. He wouldn't want to alienate them. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So in that case, then, if he's whether he's doctored the foot or not, if he has, fair enough. If not, and we take it all on face value, that changeling did get out of there really bloody quickly because you know. If he has doctored the footage, fair enough. So you're a latent sympathizer. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, just make my notes for Starfleet. Just, just you the know. The <laughs> many and all of that. Um, O'Brien and Bashir, we get to see them coming out of the Battle of Britain, and this is one of my favourite things. Is deck adventures and we get o'brien doing a, a british accent uh yeah it's just good fun it's a shame that we never had the budget to actually show them doing all these things though yeah we always get it talked about but i wouldn't mind in a whole episode of the battle of britain and the alamo and everything else you know in another yeah, episode i wouldn't mind it but i like in this episode that it was like a just a random kind of mention so I was just saying that I, I even though um, I would have loved another episode where they kind of focus on it, I quite like the the fact that you come out so it's all in your imagination. I think you could sort of yeah, sometimes I would. It, up. it, it was I kind of like really fun as a little nod on this one. Just think now you'd probably do a short treks episode or something and just have O'Brien and Bashir fighting yeah. the battle or whatever. Perfect. That would have been perfect. Great. Yeah, it's, it's when, when they're about to smash the glasses and Quark's there going, no, no, we've had this talk, conversation yeah. before, come on. And uh, Quark, brilliant, talks about the great monetary collapse and how he wasn't yeah. able to be on Ferengi now. And again, they Ferengiest yeah. here. I'm sorry, they are. They are. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you here, Ian. Yeah. Completely, because Quark is saying, like O'Brien says, you wouldn't understand if there's something precious that you were losing and Quark immediately says about his uh, planet's finances collapsing, which is really important. Yes, yes. Yeah. That is the equivalent, and they, they do undermine it. They go, oh, well. Yeah, you know. It's probably more serious than 27 people have been killed in an explosion. Oh. And also, if you think about it at the moment, like where we are going through rampant yeah, inflation, exactly. I think that really hit me that I was going, no, actually, rampant inflation can be a bastard. Trust yeah. me, people go under. Yeah, due there's to this. 27 people being killed in an isolated explosion on Earth. Ferengi has had a planet-wide catastrophe, financial <laughs> disaster. And, and you know, I know every money does you know make the world go round, as they say. But you know, in our society now, the economy is driven by money. But in Ferengi society, the economy, the religion, every single thing about their way of life. Yeah. That is the biggest disaster that could hit them, really. Yeah. Uh, 
talking about foreshadowing, though, there's a lovely bit of foreshadowing from Bashir. Oh, you where, might pick the same bit as me. Where Odo says, do you want me to say hi to anyone? And Bashir says, no, no, I've not got no, anyone. Never noticed it before. That was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's it, and I, I think they probably had an idea that they were going to, like, uh, say it's there's something. a rift between this and the parents. But I, I'm guessing they didn't have the bit about him being, a like, super genius at this point. But just lovely to to notice that looking back at this. Yeah, it's just a nice little moment, and it's nope. There's nobody at home, and okay, and yeah, in a, about a season and a half, we'll um, we'll touch on that. Yeah. Oh wow! Just on the live stream, we've got a celebrity. Obi Wan Kenobi says hello there. Hello, Obi Wan. So there we go. There you, we want, go. You, you run those names in together a little bit. It sounded like you were saying something rude there, Jim. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we, we've made it, though. We, we've crossed the fandom divide. So um, another little tidbit from Worf as well. The Klingons killed their gods. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they were oh, trouble and they were. Yeah, so we that's, <laughs> the mythology of the Klingons is, yeah, we had gods, but we killed them. So there we go. <laughs> And then, yeah, Cisco. Obviously, the main thrust of the episode then is Cisco, Jake, Odo go back to Earth. We've got and, a, a little bit here that I hadn't picked up on before before okay. this rewatch, and it's and uh, Cisco and his dad are talking about the restaurant, mm. and he talks about his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is the only time. That there's ever a mention of Cisco having a sister? Probably, yeah. We certainly never see her. I think there's another mes- mes- mention when they have her, his mum in it. I'm, I'm, I've got a feeling there was a mention in that. Maybe, yeah. But um, yeah, you're right, we don't see it. Yeah, and it's, it's very, very scantily bad. mentioned. And given things we find about Cisco and his parentage and everything later on, it's it would probably complicate things more to bring his sister into it they also do uh, if you watch one of the f- first season episodes there's also a mention where he basically heavily implies that his dad's dead but because he doesn't out and out say it, you can sort of get away yeah with yeah it. he's just been yeah. deeply ill but it's like yeah, yeah he's you're said, definitely saying he's dead there <laughs> he says it he says when my father first became ill as if to say and yeah, technically, if you squint, you can go, well, he still is ill in this episode, so that could have been. <laughs> yeah. You over-egged the pudding there, Cisco, when you were telling that story. <laughs> yeah. But I don't mind a good bit of uh, plot flange from, from the fans. Yeah. And also, the the actor Brock Peters playing Cisco's dad is fantastic. Yes, and I... One thing I love, like I was looking, I was kind of studying their faces, and I love how they've lined up this family because he's got the same sort of shaped nose as uh, as uh, Ben Cisco, and then uh, look, Sarek Croft. I always get, I'm pretty Sarek sure I'm getting his name. Sarek Lofton, sorry. I love the fact that he also, like, he looks like halfway between Cisco and yeah. when you see Jennifer Cisco, they've really cast the appearance of them so well. And yeah, Brooks is, is absolutely great as well. I do um, like the interaction between uh, Cisco and Jake and all that way. You didn't tell him that we're not staying with him, did you? And he goes, no. You'll mm. have me peeling vegetables. No, he no. won't. You're too old for that. You'll be waiting tables. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Jake's a good guy. And he's obviously like, I love my grandpa. I can't wait to see him, but I really don't want him giving me all these jobs that he always does when well, I go. This has obviously happened to Cisco with his dad. Oh, yeah. And he's just going, yeah, it happened to me. It's happening to you. <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, this guy is so good in everything you see him in. They're, they're, sorry, I've kept forgetting his name. They're Brooks? Brock, Brock, Brock Peters. Brock Peters. Brock Peters is great in everything you see him in, and he was so criminally underused. And, like, there were so many kind of, like, uh, he should have been a regular on something, but he just kind of, he's one of those great yeah. actors, though, and he pops up in shows, and you always know you're in for a good performance. Like, even Star Trek, he's a handful yeah, of Yeah, he was Admiral Cartwright in the TOS movies. So, yeah. Oh, so good. Um, so, Cisco's promoted to head of Starfleet uh, Intelligence, whatever it is, security on Earth. Planetary security. I remember at the time using magazines and stuff, 
And I remember one of the leaks was Cisco gets promoted and everyone was like, oh, they're going to make him an admiral. And it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. He gets promoted like he does in the first episode because, of course, they wouldn't leave a commander. Sorry, I've been on this run before, haven't I? (laughs) And Nog. So it's great to have Nog back. I mean, obviously, the way we're doing it, Nog's not been away that long, but... He has been gone since the penultimate episode of season three when he goes to the academy. So at the time, this was great to get your recurring guest character back. And they use him so well. Like, we've got a character Mm -hmm. who is in the academy that's going to facilitate this story. I feel like this is his coming-of-age episode. I feel like this is where he becomes a really... I'm not saying every performance he gave when he was a child actor was awful but it's like i feel like sometimes the writing was lazy for him and jake or not like they could come off across a little bit annoying at times whereas this onwards he becomes such like he becomes he gets to use his brain he gets to be a bit tactical and all that and i kind of wish they'd use these elements earlier but it's so it fits this episode so well because he's been off the academy he has grown he has learned yeah and you just see him doing so much more here out and then we go to see the president, and this episode to me just plays so differently from 2022 eyes because we're dealing with things like we've got a serious threat, but we've got ineffectual leadership, and we've got things that people don't want to believe, and people manipulating the truth to get to their own ends, and people not wanting to do things that you're supposed to do to protect people. and. I don't, it's definitely not a one-to-one parallel to because some of the things we'll get into as we go through, but some of it I was like, wow, this really feels prescient now. Um, but yeah, we've we've got the president and he's just very sort of ineffectual and, oh, well, you know, I don't think, there's not too much threat, you know. Maybe, you know, well, maybe we should wait to ground the planes a few more days. Not that I'm comparing him to any other president in recent memory, but, you know, he's, he's the sort of guy maybe who wouldn't wouldn't I'm do things now. because... I, I feel like he's the... Oh, sorry. You need to... Sneaks in and shows it to him, and this is where they agree to heighten security. And i want to put this out at this stage but this is why i'm saying it is not a one-to-one analog because the equivalent of this would be we've got leighton who uses it to further his own ends and tighten up security and things like that and there were a lot of people saying that was what was going on with covid like the government's abusing it to make you wear masks and id you and blah 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 blah, blah. those people were idiots in this fictional version Someone is doing all that. But in our real world, that 100% did not happen. These ones who said, oh, they make you wear a face mask so the facial detection software can pick you up better. What, by covering half your face? Have a word with yourself. Anyway, so, you know, there are parallels, but in no way do I want anyone to think I'm saying this is what happened with COVID because it is not but there are some interesting parallels we can draw as we go through. Just to tear off on what you were saying about the president, though, I really, I really love the choice they made here because it feels like what they've done is like he's the illustration of he is the perfect peacetime president. I'm yeah. sure he's really nice, really lovely, keeps everything running efficiently, but he's got no concept of threat to Earth because it, it's illustrating that we haven't seen a threat to Earth for so long. We don't even think about electing a leader for a war fitting at all we've got like starfleet to take care of that they can give them some recommendations they can put some stuff through it's just it's it's really it, it seems like that would happen i think that's that it, done. it was obviously not intended at the time so they didn't know what was going to happen in enterprise but they do have a line saying earth hasn't been threatened like this since the forming of the federation so you can imagine that they're talking about the zindi attack there because that is the last yeah. time earth attacked yeah kind of mass scale i mean it was far worse than what I, um yeah so nog's talking about the academy and we get the mention of red squad which i love the way this is done because this comes in about halfway through the first episode it's mentioned it's dealt with it feels like it's just a subplot for nog and then much later it becomes so much more relevant and ties into the main plot 
and you realize, oh, that, that wasn't just a little side story for Nog. So if you look at this show, this two-parter, there's no B stories to this. This is this is all one solid yeah. story. Yeah. Um, so Admiral Layton, there's a great scene where all of a sudden he's much more aggressive to Odo and he's giving Odo a load of shit and Odo realizes he's just laying in cops for him and he flies off. And I thought that's a really well done scene. And I, I just, I do also enjoy when uh, Odo comes back as the bird or he's mm. flying off the bird. Is it that scene you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it's when he could like like lands again. It's like, wow, it's a pretty good eagle or whatever bird he's meant to be. It's like, uh, oh, you, you should ask the other birds. I love the fact the birds are going. It's like, what the fuck's that guy dressed as? <laughs> we think he looks really nice. I mean, it also does. I always think this makes complete mockery, though, of um, the one thing that Odo can't do is human face faces a million and one feathers, though, piece of piss. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's incredibly that's intricate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it don't it don't make sense to be fair with Odo and the fair. No. Is it? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And when they have the other changelings who let I we seen later on and they have the same features same. It's more like, well, he's taking on their solid form. Yeah, I always imagine okay. this kind of this is probably what they look like when they were solids. Yeah, it's so like virtual memory. Yeah, Odo naturally goes to that without realising he's doing it. I know we're kind of fan wanking it here but um <laughs> no it doesn't make sense you know that's how why i imagine odo's like right i need to do a humanoid boom that oh it's <laughs> like this and we find I don't think... why it came out like that i don't think that's fan wank i think that's a perfectly legitimate argument yeah. but there's no legitimate argument why he can't then do a human face yeah, yeah there well, is. you know like, when, when he can do everything when... else well, he can't disguise himself as someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it's meant to be a limiter, so they can't. he can't just be anyone in any episode. Yeah. But the, the reasoning for it is just bullshit. <laughs> it's just really yeah. Bullshit. You know, we want him to look alien, you know, so that's fine. But, yeah, you need to come up with... And Odo, it would be believable if he just said, I don't want to look like a human, I'm me. You know? And, and yeah. I've signed a kind of like uh, an agreement like part of the agreement of me working for Starfleet was that I wouldn't make, mimic other humans out of respect, or, you know, other human out of respect. Yeah. Mm. You know, it could be part of a kind of treaty of him working yeah. there or something. Also things yeah. we could have done, but there you go. And so our next COVID parallel then, Joseph Sisko gets arrested for refusing to do the test. And this is where it's different again. Because you have these people, and there were people who legitimately had reasons for not taking the vaccine, and I totally respect that. But there were also people who just took, well, it's invading on my rights. I refuse to do it. And it's like, yeah, but the greater good is, you know, we're trying to save the human race here. So whereas with Joseph Cisco, he does actually present some valid reasons for it. Because it's like, well, hang on. People shouldn't have to prove they are who they say they are. Yeah. And also, the changelings could fake it, so it's not actually working. I, I feel like his legitimate reasons came later. So the difference is like... that the vaccine did work, so you've not got your argument there. And also, when people said, oh, you need to prove you've had the vaccine, it wasn't an ID card. It was a thing that said you've had a vaccine. No one was telling you to carry ID cards. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the legitimate reasons uh, come from him later, but it's like, to begin with, he is just like, he just reminds me so much of my mum when you're trying no, to tell your parents to just, just look after yourself. Just go, like, do the things you have to to look after yourself. She's great with hospital appointments and stuff, but mm -hmm. it's just stuff about looking after herself around the house. Like, one day I came around hers. She's got this handrails over a door which goes downstairs. And she was holding onto the door back to the drop of the stairs. And she's got a really old building, so it's an old windy staircase. Mm -hmm. So just ready to and she's got arthritis as well as Reynard. So her hand could give way at any moment. I'm going, Mum, just just face the other way when you're putting your shoes on. Just please, for my my sake, if nothing else. So I totally jived with the fact that yeah, he's yeah. a real grumpy old man, but like you say, he did have some legitimate reasons. He did, but I, I think there's a lot of that going on. And Cisco is trying to do this for the greater good. But it is one of those cases it'd be, you know, to draw the, the COVID allegory again, 
it'd be the equivalent of going, well, only NHF and their families are going to get the vaccine. That's not going to help everybody. You know, that that's not going to get the job done. And you, you could argue this with Cisco because it's like, yeah, you're going to blood test some people in some situations, but as soon as those people go out of sight, they could be a changeling yeah. again. So th this is actually not very effective, you I know. I mean, his legit his argument was it's like so we're protecting main places where like a high risk places we're doing blood screening as people going out there. It, it like the plan as an idea made sense. It was just you know then Joseph Cisco's yeah, points about you how you can get around party. it. But I think we we'll to his restaurant and how's that high risk or high profile? Yeah, I think well, look, it's, he's a family member, so he could take him out. I think is the yeah, idea. Or, you I know, think that's um, the idea as well. Is like let's show that Starfleet are willing to do it, so Starfleet's family are willing to do it, and yeah, well, I so think I, it was important for the family because then, if someone did infiltrate, they could get information. Even if yeah. they don't overtake you, they could get information from in the house and stuff like that. So I felt like that was a, a fairly decent rationale behind it. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, I can see both sides of it, unlike the COVID deniers. <laughs> uh, the I mean the scene though is great where he cuts his hand and Cisco actually does check the blood. And as he points out, and he middle names him as well, you know you're in trouble when your parents yeah. Are you. And yeah, he says, you know, they've got you that twisted up. Yeah, you're, you're looking for changelings everywhere. And obviously that makes Cisco realise that he, his dad's right, he has, he's, he's gone a bit. But then equally, they could be everywhere. In fact, did they not say specifically to Odo at the end of last season, we, we are everywhere? everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if, if you said that my mum, like, yeah, I'll just take my mum's example, that if she was refusing to do something that the changelings could benefit from, now she could very well be just being stubborn, as my mum knows very well how to be. Uh, or she could be a check. Like, the two things are quite yeah. possible at that point, you know. So, you can do the one thing to prove you're not a changeling, but it happens to be within his character but to be quite irascible. So it's like, yeah. it was the perfect situation to highlight that it's not that It simple. was. It's great. And it does raise all them questions of, well, can you force people to have blood tests to prove you're not a changeling? How ridiculous is that? But it is also practical, but you can't do it all the time. So it's a good dilemma, is this Which one. That, that, for me, kind of goes to the heart of the um, vaccine thing. As much as I encourage I want everyone to have their vaccine, if you're going to say, should we pass a law to force people to, then you get into a whole other no. area. And yeah, snap. absolutely. And I think that's the kind of area this exists in. Yeah, it does. And that that's why it's much more than what we had with, with COVID. You know, because yeah. it, it is a choice whether you take the vaccine. Like you, I would encourage everyone to do it. And I think unless there's a medical reason not to, it is the right thing to do. But we were never in a situation where anybody was going to be forced to have it, despite oh, yeah. what people on YouTube might have said. So, was forced to, but there was some pressure on NHS workers to, you know, keep their job. There was yes, you know, yeah to, to work in NHS, so there were some kind of grey areas. Again, overall, I think they hit the right marks with that kind of thing. But but I see the arguments. I do see the arguments yeah, of like, yeah. would we ever force someone to get a vaccine? Is a very loaded thing because if yeah, they yeah. do their if they're like, forced to, then that's taking their rights away. But I if know, they don't, that's taking everyone else's right to be healthy and safe. I know that with, like with the US Army. They were kicking off about being forced to have the vaccine until you realise that they've got to have 22 other vaccines to join the army. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> and it's all, the gate, it negates the argument at that point. That was when it all started getting silly, when people started saying, yeah. what? Well, I'll have a vaccine. You have to do that when you go to like, Malaysia and places like that. Anyway. We'll leave that for now, then. I think that's just about me done with the COVID parallels. But um, <laughs> So we do finish this episode, though, and it's, it's a very low-key cliffhanger, really. But it's quietly very, very sinister, the idea that on Earth we're having armed Starfleet personnel on the streets, and this is Starfleet being used purely as a military rather than yeah. an exploratory thing or a scientific thing. And 
this far in the Trek universe, that is a sinister sight, is to see Starfleet represented like that. So it's not a flashbang cliffhanger like Mr. War Fire, but it does have a lot of weight to it. it. It's one of those things whereby, like, if you just describe what's happening, oh, God, there's an amazing cliffhanger ending to this episode. Well, a couple of people beam down on the street. It doesn't sound very dramatic, but if you... What that represents is the militarization of public areas in... It, it also uh, doesn't Earth. need to be a massive um, cliffhanger because no. it's a mid-season two-part. It isn't like it's a season finale. If it was a season finale... This would have had to have been written differently and have yeah. a proper a big cliffhanger. It was. I don't know. I feel like you could put this at the end of the series because the the stakes, even though the imagery isn't an expensive, yeah, but it's that, like where Trek is. So we're going to watch the next season, whatever. But you do the big season finales to get the more casual audience back again. You say that, but like there was one like Breaking Bad, which was a huge show. They, at the end of one series, I think this is at the end of the series, they just showed a plant, but that plant meant that the some poison which had been grown, which poisoned a kid, had been grown by a certain character. Just to not spoil it, just in case for anyone. Yeah, I, I think there are ways of building stakes without it being as as big as. And I always think the cliffhanger should have a big stake to it. Yeah. Like, no matter, even if it is mid season, I don't care. I yeah. want, I want them, like Spock appearing in um, Unification Part One at the end. Yeah, it's not a big, huge thing that's hap- like you know that's happening visually, but it's Spock coming on, like you know. Just yeah, uh, yeah, I mean. to argue the Breaking Bad point, sorry, that, that's the end of season four. And when they wrote that, they didn't know if they were getting a pickup for five or not. So it was done on two levels that it could have been a, a series finale as well. So it wasn't meant to be a big it's season five of Breaking Bad. Oh, anyway. Um. Yes, so moving on, we should do a Breaking Bad podcast. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> we can have to Star Trek. <laughs> well, I think with Star Trek will keep us busy for a while. Yeah, no, I think we're going to run out of Star Trek soon. We should be over Breaking Bad pretty soon, I reckon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Paradise Lost, then. We're moving into the second episode. Straight away, Cisco thinks, hang on, this power, cutting the power's a little bit shifty. He's finding stuff in the reports and... I love how he talks to like that bullying guy about it, and he's as Odo says, "Well, that raised more questions than it." Um, yeah, than it and it's the bullying. Just, I love the fact the bullying just doesn't realise that he's not in the loop, but it's going, "Oh, you saved my ass on that one. Good luck deleting the logs, bye, fella." You know, yeah. he's just jubilant at the end of this, and he doesn't realise he's just fucked up the whole plan. Yeah, Cisco does great, just getting people to admit stuff without like doing anything yeah. in this episode. The scene with the kind of cadet, is, is that coming up next? Uh, well, we have him with Nog first, don't we? Yes, oh, yeah. Because he, he invites Nog over and, he, and starts asking Nog about it. And he goes, oh, well, it's sort of an eat-to-know basis. Cadet, I wasn't <laughs> asking and it's worth that was an and, order. <laughs> and it's worth knowing when um, Jay, uh, when sorry, Nog originally came up to him about Red, Red Squad, he sounds so pissed off, like he hasn't got time for him. Oh, geez. Oh, fine. I'll look into it, you know, so begrudgingly. Well, thanks, Nog. You just saved the day, quite frankly, by doing that. You know? yeah, <laughs> but he's still giving him shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is this intrigue. Oh, why was Red Squad this this de- demobilized then remobilized and yeah oh sorry i thought i was done with the covid parallels but not quite <laughs> um joe reopens the restaurant four days later and he says oh because of what went on with this sabotage and it's like right so because you're so scared of something you're doing something you didn't want to do and again this goes to the people in the just they're trying to scare you into taking the vaccine and again this is not a true parallel because this isn't what was going on they weren't trying to scare you they were trying to educate you and show you what was actually happening in the world and if you want to say that was fake news or whatever just don't say it in front of me because i lost people to covid so don't tell me that rubbish anyway that's me done with the covid parallels now but i do find it interesting that 
in this scenario, it is kind of like that. If the government have used fear as a tactic to get you to go, which is what Leighton is doing, and it is what Leighton wants. And Leighton would be over the moon to know, oh, so he had an old man who's stubborn anyway, didn't want to take it, but now we're scared of doing it. So Leighton's plan is is working on the, the civilian population here, which is quite scary in and of itself. Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about Nog. Like, like you say, Elliot, that is great where he's like, you know, this is an order, Mr. Nog. <laughs> yeah. Every brother is... He's jazz, he's jazz musician acting again in this episode. I, I'm still going to say he's a bit of a dick to Nog, I think. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, he's a dick yeah. to Nog earlier when he asked for a favour. Now he wants something out of Nog, he's a dick to him again. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't think you said to him, yeah, it's like, Nog, Nog, I need you to do this. He would have just done it. He didn't yeah. need to be a dick. Yeah, he would actually. He would have done, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, he brings the guy in to oh. interrogate him. And this guy, he must have won the Academy's Mr. Smug Git competition. <laughs> he plays just awful, isn't he? Where he's like, oh, you should have seen the side, sir, when we cut the power lines. It's yeah, only, it play, how is this guy in Starfleet? It plays perfectly as well that, like, the way Cisco plays it is like, uh, oh, you made a mistake, you screwed up. Well, talk me through it step by step then. Yes. And at the end, if you needed to, he could always play it off. It's like, well, good. I was just checking. You didn't crack. That's good. That's what you need to do. If anyone asks you about this, you need to not but, crack. Yeah. Like, like where you go about this cadet, though, being really smug. As far as he's concerned, is a cadet that's been given an order that, that's come sort of from an admiral mm. to do a special mission. And they've done it perfectly. And he's thinking, yeah, we are great. And you know, oh, they yeah, picked him because they're thinking shit you're about to overflow the federation here is this treason what we're doing at the moment perhaps yeah. you know he could have maybe questioned it but you know going back to like the tng episode the pegasus Riker wasn't a big enough man at the time to to stand oh. up to the captain when he when he got orders that were treasonous but you know and th this guy like to be fair yeah, but to be fair, if we watch lots of Star Trek, there's things that the captain does with his crew that are going against orders. Oh, yeah. That could be looked at treasonous. They turn out to be for the right reasons, and we all think, yeah, what a great captain. But we watch that week in, week out happen. Oh, there's so yeah, many excuses. It like, it's, it's always what the plot needs. So it's like they'll oh, question yeah. the orders, which turn out to be dodgy, and they won't others. But I think what's genius about this is they use cadets. They use Red Squad for a reason. I reckon it's because they wanted some young people who are actually really damn good. They've obviously got to be really great at everything, but yeah. they, they know they can play into the egos of those people. And being young and impressionable, they'll go yeah. along with it thinking that, wow, we've been trusted for this. Everything we're doing must be right because we've been trusted. You know, their egos yeah. let them believe what yeah, and, Admiral wants them to believe. And that's the thing. They probably think, oh, if I do a job for this big Admiral, th this is probably me heading straight up the command path. You know, I, yeah. this I'm is going to be I'm yeah. a straight lieutenant. And so it kind of shows also in the chain of command that, um, that where the cadets just go along with it. The unraveling is the fact that people who are older and a bit more seasoned don't. And I, yeah. I yeah. so I, I think that, you know, I think he's, he's used them for the right reasons, but then he hasn't thought it through that, or maybe other people won't just go along with this plan. He's just convinced. Yeah. Maybe he's also sold, he's also brought what the cadets were saying back to him. It's like, oh, wow, you're right. We'll go with whatever you say. It's like, brilliant. Everyone will go with whatever I say. <laughs> maybe his ego has been a bit stroked by this situation as well. Yeah, I think, Leighton's his whole plot, it maybe doesn't stand up to too much scrutiny because it, it starts off as, okay, I'm going to use this to, so we can be a bit more secure, which you can kind of see. But by the end of the episode, it's, I'm going to stage a coup and replace the president. And it, whoa, <laughs> that, that went pretty quickly, mate. Um, and the whole thing is Cisco wants to actually get some evidence to prove this because the president's... Again, fairly ineffectual. Like, well, you're going to have to prove to me that the Admiral's being here. He, that the Admiral's what? about to have a coup and he's off to phase of me. Yeah, I, I, I want proof of it, you know, before he me, if that's so Cisco. So, you know. <laughs> um, and then... 
Yeah, AK probably just trying to send Cisco back to DS9 rather than locking him up, which he does do later. If he'd have done that at this stage, he might have got away with it. And then we get an actual shapeshifter in the form of O'Brien, which I love that they do that because Cole Meany is a great actor and he gets to have fun with this. But it's also, you know what? We don't have to pay for another guest star because the shapeshifters yeah. <laughs> use one of the crew. And so, so, to be honest with you, I, I didn't clock that it was a shapeshifter to begin with when I first watched this. I was totally stuck and I was going, oh, he's come to warn him about something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, a, it's only a few lines in where he tips his hand a bit that you kind of, well, for me, anyway, yeah. I realized it was a shapeshifter. It was very nicely done. What I found interesting about the particular shapeshifter is that he talks about um, Cisco and he says, I enjoy your company which implies he's met him before because they've only known each yeah. other a couple of seconds. And he also mentions playing darts on Deep Space yeah, Nine. Yes, you would go for a pint in a game of darts. <laughs> this changeling must have been on DS9. Maybe he came with Cisco, you know, it's... Or he's done his research. He's got the information from Oda when he was in the Great Link. We don't know how much yeah. information. And I th so yeah. he, he could possibly have either infiltrated or he is just great at winding him up and like, like planting things in his head to make him down. I don't think they actually winded him up here. I think he's actually telling him the truth. No, no. I think yeah. with the references, he could be just planting little seeds to make yeah. him paranoid because the whole game is paranoia because with three... I believe that there was only... Was it three... Chasers, it's four. Four. Yeah. So I believe that, but I'm just saying, so because that was a whole mind game against the planet where they just do a few things here and there and make them believe there's more changes than there are, I think he could equally bullshit his way from some information he's found out about the station into mm -hmm. making Cisco, well, were they on the station? Were they not? It's playing with his head. Yeah, And I think possibly the changeling's motivation here is that, Okay, they did the bombing. They wanted to destabilize things. He impersonated Leighton earlier on to kind of escalate the tensions and everything. But maybe he's got wind of what Leighton's planning, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. That guy's taking it really seriously. He wants to put some serious security in. We're not he's, also gonna trying to, he's also tried to make get Starfleet more militaristic. Yeah. Thing for the Dominion. Exactly. We, we'd rather have a weak president with than a, a military guy in charge. So, yeah, we, we mixed the pot, but maybe we mixed it a little bit too far here. So let, let's give Cisco a bit of information to help him here. Speaking of which, you've been uh, saying about the kind of parallels to the COVID vaccine rollout. I'd like to throw one in here. I think there's some parallels to what Russia uh, is known to have done on the internet to purposely mm. just stir up arguments. It's not taking one side or the other, it's taking both sides so you can get yeah. one side arguing against the other to destabilize the West. That's what we're seeing playing out here, really. It's like it's these yeah. mind games to yeah. just um, weaken the Federation. So even if they go on a war footing, there'll be so much in at war with themselves, which they just avoid doing at the end of this episode. Wait, so I we mean, can only hope that happens in real life as well, because no. we're fucking falling for it at the moment as a, yeah. uh, as, a uh, as the West. Do you know what? It's almost like Star's political before Alex Kurtzman mm. took over, which I know that's not true. Right. Mm. I'm out. I just... Mm. But it, okay. it, is <laughs> all, it, it is almost like got parallels to, to real-world politics and things that are going on. I can't wrap my head around it anyway. I've got to say, this one's quite prescient, though, because... Yeah. This wasn't happening at that time, and no, it you know, the, the internet wasn't what it wasn't what it is now. No, so but... I think the cleverness of the writing, uh, obviously, is it does play out like that is a, a clever tactic to yeah, play because we're seeing it done now. It's predicted how misinformation can sway a population, and you know, false information can. So the the oh, changing that's, been a, that's uh, been a typical sort of fake news, if you will. Play. Yeah, yeah that's the Second World War and the First World War with leaflet dropping. Oh, you did, yeah. True, true. And so Cisco, they stitch him up to make it look like he's a changeling. Yeah. Classic trick. Uh, but that in itself proves Joseph Cisco's point that there isn't a test that you can't fool because they're, they're faking it the other way at this point. Also, you've got the... Um... 
excuse president i'll believe whatever i was told last so when cisco comes in going it's like oh i think lincoln's uh doing this and the other is like okay i'll need to go and get me proof in the meantime lincoln comes in and goes he's a changeling fine i'll believe that now then <laughs> just give yeah, me the proof that sounds good i think that's probably that's the easiest way it's like oh that just means i don't have to believe any of this stuff cisco said so i had to think i don't i don't want to think about that so i don't have to now fine well done later but even if you've been given like two people one who's saying that's the bad guy the other one's saying that's the bad guy about each other you think they just just do tests on both of them and maybe independent tests not have the person who cisco's approved oh sorry accused being the one who does the test on yeah, them. I mean, let, let's do it a this goes back to, right to the beginning with the um, video they watched of the explosion. Mm. If Leighton is able to fake this amount of a changeling, could he fake the other part? He could have done, yeah. I, I mean, we will never know, but oh, um, I wonder if Leighton was one. Like, I know Section 31's not been introduced yet, but I wonder if Leighton... Yeah, we could headcanon that Leighton's part of Section 31 because they end up doing a lot in the Dominion War behind the no, scenes. It, it, yeah. it can't be. He doesn't take a cyanide pill at the end to kill himself. True, true. <laughs> um, I reckon so, Section 31, if you don't kill yourself, they'll take you out. Maybe when he got to prison later. Jack Ruby do, style. We do end up with a battle as well. So we get the Lakota versus the Defiant. And... It's not on the scale of Way of the Warrior because we don't have a movie budget for this episode. But <laughs> for a you know a normal weekly episode, it's a pretty cool space battle. Yes. And it's Federation against Federation. That's always going to yeah. be dramatic and really exciting yeah. for, for fans. But you've yeah, got the corner that's, that's had an up that's been upgraded. So all the time Cisco's been on Earth, Lacona's been getting its upgrade. So it's got new phaser banks and shielding's being boosted mm. and, and you can don't totally know just... what his warp speed will be but then you have the defiant blindsides them because no one informed us it has ablative armor mm. it's nippy as well which is always kind yeah. of uh, it, it's strength i i just love the fact that also they're both shooting to wound because yeah. you know no one's going to got the heart even in this situation to to try and destroy the other and it, it's the fact that they don't, I don't think they explicitly say it, uh, that they've been ordered not to, but they don't accept the hails from the Defiant, which obviously mm. they've been told to keep it well, dark and everything. I'm glad they didn't feel the need to spell that well, out. Well, she's been told that um, the ship's been taken over by ships. Oh, changelings. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's like they don't have to say a line but, going, make sure you block any transmissions. It's kind of implied. I think it's obvious. Yeah, she, like that. she must know that that's bullshit. Well, Yes, I think she must know, and that's Leighton saying they're changelings so we can kill them. And that's said that. yeah, that, that's ultimately his downfall, isn't it? That he thinks other people under his command will go to the extremes oh, he's going oh, to, go to the and they won't. Yeah, and ultimately yeah. that's well, why he, she's he down this guy goes, Do you remember when you were my uh, second in command or whatever it was? And you argued mm. with me, and I told you, at some point, you have to accept the chain of command and just go along with it, and orders are orders. Yes, you did. And Leighton's obviously says this to mm. all of his officers. So he expects yeah. them to take his, his orders full stop. This is my order. You will follow the chain of command. It's a similar sort of dilemma to Riker in Pegasus, you know, that it's, there is my old captain. It's an additional part to this story where this goes and watches a holo program for several <laughs> hours to decide what he's going to do. But thankfully, we don't have to watch I'm it. Sorry, in, in next series of Discovery, they're going to have that episode where they go into holodeck and he's there making this decision. It'll be fine. Yeah. That'll be fine. And also, can I just make a random point? Sorry, just while I think of it. So looking at mine and uh, uh, Admiral Elliot's backdrops, why is it that on a remote space station they can get the most up-to-date uniforms, but on the on Earth they're still wearing the next-generation uniforms? That's I weird. think at the time, and the with the Generations movie, but at the time it was TNG uniforms are for starships, um, DS9 uniforms are for space stations. So, like, when uh, in the season finale, the Odyssey, the ship 
uniforms. They've still got TNG uniforms. So I think, but then when they generation went, oh, we're going to make this, that it's the new uniform that's been phased in. And then by the time first contact, they're fucking like new ones. And also, uh, they probably had some spare uniforms laying about this down. They thought, how can we use them? Oh, we'll save on oh, ships. It's also, these. it's also a budget thing, isn't it? How yeah. do you. Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah. What, what uniform do we put all these extra federation officers in this week? Oh, we've got all the TNG ones we're not using anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, we got like, like, that's, that's the true reason that it happens. Yeah, there's all like canon reasons it happens. But yeah. the true reasons is budget. <laughs> and plus, Cisco does look damn fine. Well, he looks fine like <laughs> in the uniforms. Yeah, uh, it, it was only Briner and Pat Stewart who hadn't made for Jens. Like, Fritz was wearing Avery's uniform and. Uh, LeVar Burton was wearing cold meanies, which is why none of them play. Anyway, um, one thing that does come out of this battle, though, is 30 people actually die in this conflict, yeah. at least 30 people, between the two ships, which, you know, somebody's going to have to get in serious bother for this. You know, that's... Well, they Yeah, they've had, yeah, they, they've had battles with the Dominion where they've lost less people than that. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And it, it sort of brings home how shocking this is, everything that's gone down. And and can you it, imagine next time they meet each other in person, like Worf and the uh, captain on the other ship, the, the commander uh, on the other ship? It's like, that's going to be awkward. I reckon Worf would be like, yeah, we would have fucked you up if... <laughs> if you had a federation. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we would have, yeah. You if know, you had been any yeah. other nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were any other starship. <laughs> and so Leighton gives up when he realises he's not going to get the cooperation and everything. And it is all wrapped up pretty quickly, which I think... DS9, it was starting to get more serialized, but even so, for the huge things that have gone on here, it is wrapped up pretty quick and sudden. Right, everything's back to normal, off we go. And I think that's the only well, shame. I don't think anything is back to normal because even though Leighton has been stopped from his coup, hmm. there's still heightened security in the Federation and yeah, but not as much as Leighton one there. No, but there's still still heightened security and all that. So I'd also agree. I think the the whole thing is like I, I quite like they wrap up this story. I think the story was a perfect two part, really well mm. told, takes up exactly the room it needs, and then at the end you get Earth relatively returned back to normal. However, the one thing it's it's like there was an old uh, film uh, Anatomy of a Murderer uh, or of a murder. And it was with James Stewart. And there's one bit in court where he says something outlandish and the, there's an objection and he gets overruled and he gets withdrawn. Um, uh, jury, you're to pretend you didn't hear that, the judge says. And mm. he, he goes over to the person sitting next to him and goes, they can't. Like, they can't forget it. And in the same way, they can't yeah. forget this. No matter how much everything visually yeah. goes back to normal on Earth, it's made a huge difference to the psychology and that's what the changelings wanted. And I think that's an amazing ending in something which you do feel in future episodes. There is more tension yeah. because it hit Earth, you know, that's that's never going to leave their minds. Even yeah. though they won the day in the end, next time maybe they don't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll find... Oh. We're going to come back. You frozen, James. Yeah. I think we're having some technical issues, but um so Yeah, we just keep on losing you, James. For most of the episode it's just been slight outages, but it seems we've gone a little bit now. Yeah, he's gone. Should we wrap things up out, Elliot? I think uh that about covers it, doesn't it? Um it does. So um, next week, we'll be back with um, the next, well, with the season premiere of Lower Decks and whatever rabbit hole that takes us down with a second episode that we cover. As, oh, that, as, that, that's so the problem with those. We do the cartoons in half an hour with a second episode. 
So it'll be the season premiere of Lower Decks and something else. Something related. Something yeah. related. Yeah, oh, are we going to play the game we played last season as well, where we kind of like yeah. message each other with what we think it should be paired with? Kind of that was. Oh, I will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like always our first thoughts after watching. It. It's like this episode, this episode. Sometimes we've all agreed, and sometimes it can be widely different. But they're always yeah. kind of really good links. It's always fun. Yeah. Have you guys done the wrap? I've been. Yeah, I did the wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, thanks for trekking with us this time, then, and we will see you next time on the read. Thank Ahoy you. Bye-bye. Uh, live long and prosper. LLAP.